The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. and business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're also giving back to the community, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking to make the most of yourself and your business, then you will want to stay tuned for the next hour. Here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of BeMoreAchieveMore.com, CC1Consulting.com. Delighted to be back with you again. Uh, today is the 120th episode of, of uh, Be More, Achieve More. And today we're going to talk about good businesses give and how to give through your business, which sometimes is not always as easy as we might think it is. And it seems uh, very appropriate that I should first mention, though, last week's show, which uh, dovetails very nicely into this one. You know, my, my guest on last week's show which was pre-recorded on the 15th of, of, of April, was Stephen Sutton and also Mike Pagan. And Stephen Sutton, when I interviewed him, had raised an incredible £560,000 for charity. Um, he had incurable cancer. He was only 19 years of age. And he had 16,500 likes on his Facebook page. Stephen was amazing. And for someone of his age, he just got some incredible wisdom. You know, gems like... You know, my cancer has given me so much motivation, yet I have a limited amount of time when there are so many people out there in the world with so little motivation and loads of time. And he had a wonderful message to share. But sadly, only a few days later, he got really sick and he posted a fa- his um, farewell message on Facebook. Today, I'm delighted he's still with us. His story has gone absolutely global. And he's raised over £3 million for charity. He now has 529,000 likes on his Facebook page. An amazing young man. I just heard the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom has just been in to visit him. So uh, an amazing young man, a privilege to interview him. And, And wonderful to see his message going all over the planet. So thanks again to Stephen and a big thanks to Mike Pagan. So, as I mentioned, a perfect follow-on then from last week with Stephen's story to talk today about good businesses giving and how to give through your business. And I wonder whether you'd like to use your business to help others through charitable contribution. And if so, some of the questions you might ask yourself are things like, does it make good business sense? And why should I do it? What can I do? When should I do it? Where should I do it? Who will I help and how? My expert guest today to help us to answer some of these questions is David Heiner. Uh, David um, gives his clients the confidence and skills to set and achieve massive goals. He's been a researcher of top achievers for some 17 plus years now. He's a renowned professional speaker, author, broadcaster, adventurer, father and husband. And I'm pleased to say he's also my friend. He's a great guy. We have to get out of our own way, says David, and stop living a life driven by others' agendas 
and their assumptions of what we are capable of achieving and why we should achieve those things. David is passionate about living how you wish to be remembered long after you have gone. So he'll feel, I'm sure, real resonance with Stephen's story. And, and David's work in Africa and for charity has raised much-needed funds and proves that anyone can make a difference, in his opinion, if they really want to. He's a great guy uh, and uh, someone I'm delighted to welcome back to the show because he was on the show 115 shows ago in show, show five. Um, so a big welcome to David Heiner. Hi, Chris. <laughs> That voice sounds great. When's he on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's you, mate. Oh, right. <laughs> Brilliant to have you back on the show again. Cheers. Lovely. I'm humbled to be invited. Thank you. You're very, very welcome. And yeah, amazing to think that we've been going so long since you, you last came onto the show. Yeah, um, you've done great. And some of your interviews I've heard have been fantastic. Yeah, thank you. Thanks very much. So, David, you tell us. You've got a great charitable story, and you know, for me, for this subject, you know, you're the guy I come and talk to because uh, you know you raised half a million pounds, and there's an amazing story behind it. I'd just love you to share a bit about it, and also maybe share with us why giving is so important to you. Oh, I'd be delighted to. Um, giving is important to me because of my personality. Um, my personality is one of wanting to help others, and I'll be brutally honest with everybody listening to this, part of my personality is that I want to help others so that I feel good. So I'm not just a fluffy, woolly, oh, isn't it nice? It's, it's, it's actually quite shallow and quite selfish. I do it because it makes me feel great when I see other people enjoying themselves. So it's both a value and it satisfies an insecurity, if that makes sense. That makes, makes, that makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. But is it, it, you, you make it sound like it's a little bit, a little bit shameful. No, I, I, for some people it is. It's absolutely not for me because I accept it. Most people never accept the fact that they've got insecurities and they make out that all they do is make a difference because they want to help other people. And there are some people like that before anybody lynches me from the nearest yard arm. But... Most people, if they were brutally honest and really went down to the core of and the foundation of why they like making a difference, it's because by doing that, it makes them feel good. Mm. Um, but, and when we understand ourselves better, you actually become more fearless and more robust. Um, it, it, gives you, it gives you a solid, a more solid foundation upon which to make decisions about what you do, why you do it, and how you do it. So instead of Instead of hopefully feeling good when somebody else feels good, you can feel good from the start because you know you're doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. It's a lovely thing, though. I mean, in life, you, you, if you give to others, you say you do, you do get it back. And yeah. at, at the end, end of the day, you know, what most people seem to be seeking is happiness and love and those sorts of things at their kind of core. So, you know, this, this giving really, you know, goes, goes to the core, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely, but I think I think you know, the, the way we've started here, it's it's really important that people spend more time understanding why they do what they do, um, rather rather than just the the what and the material outcome at the end. Because uh, a good friend of mine, Neil Dorwood, who's a eulogist, who I think you might have interviewed, haven't you? 
Um, not no. not yet, but I did speak to him about uh, about doing an interview. So I'll do so. The guy's great. He's a eulogist, so he speaks at funerals, and he and he's got this great metaphor around how many funerals have you been to where people are remembered for the car they drove, the house they live in, the money in their bank account, and the fact that they financially provided for their children. It never happens. It's always about who they were as a person and the difference they made and how it, they made people feel. So if we, if we can spend more time in our business or personal lives making that happen rather than waiting and making it happen, we feel good more often more of, more of the time, because most people are waiting to take action on making a difference. They'll wait until I've got enough money in the bank account. They'll wait until I've got enough time, or I'll wait until I've retired. Or, well, when the business had a sol- has a solid platform and it's got an adequate turnover, then I'll make a difference. Very successful people that I've interviewed, Chris, they're not waiting. They, they are only doing things that make a difference. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very true. A lot of people are out there waiting, aren't they, for tomorrow? And the reality is, <clears throat> we, you know, we've got the time now. Yeah, I, I joke, I jokingly on my workshops call it living on someday aisle, where someday I'll do that and someday I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, get around to it. Hmm. Now let's go back to you and and your charitable story because you have got a great charitable story, and I think you should share it. Okay, now, now I'm feeling a bashful. Um, <laughs> I. When I was in my late 20s, I was quite materialistic, right up into my early early 30s, in fact. I was quite a materialistic kind of guy, and I was doing okay. I wasn't doing amazing, and I wasn't doing terrible. I was doing okay. But I did notice that I wanted more, and I learned from my research interviews with Top Achievers that very successful people set massive goals, which is the subject we spoke about when I did your first radio interview with me. Massive goals. But I'd never set a massive goal before. So I thought, being the coward that I was, how can I set a massive goal, but it it won't affect me adversely if it goes wrong? Because if I do it for my business and it goes wrong, I could lose the business. If I do it for my personal life and it goes wrong, I could lose my wife or my home. So I thought, what can I do that can test this massive goal theory without it bouncing back in my face? And I thought, how about doing something for charity? Now, I'd never really done much for charity before. And the thought of asking people for money and fundraising filled me with loathing and dread, um, (laughs) as it does for many people. So I went along to a charity called the CRAB Appeal. CRAB stands for C-R-A-B, Cancer Research at Birmingham. And I always say, good job it wasn't based in Preston. And it would have been a very different appeal. (laughs) And I I went along to the CRAB Appeal and they laughed at me when I suggested that I wanted to raise 50 grand in one one event, even though I'd never fundraised before or used this goal-setting process before. And then one person did believe in me. So together, the two of us, we did this goal-setting process for charity, and we didn't raise 50 grand in one event. We raised over a quarter of a million. And then using the goal-setting process for charities, because we got the bug, and that's what happens when you start making a difference. You see the difference it makes, and you have such an amazing time doing it that then it hooks you. And it becomes obsessive and you want to do more and more and more. Uh, But the problem is most people don't start. 
But then in the following five to six year period, in our spare time, we raised another half a million pounds for charities, breaking four charities fundraising records in the process, whilst having experiences of a lifetime without costing us a penny because we were raising money for charity. So we travelled the world having adventures that people dream of having. Wow. Uh, Where did he go? Well, gosh, we went, we took executives trekking in Peru and building a school in Peru. We took, we took people trekking along the Great Wall of China, living and working in an African village, walking over burning hot coals, swimming with sharks, and I could go on and on and on and on. The, the things we did were just awesome. Wow. Amazing. And, and what can you, you know, what do you make of the Stephen Sutton story? Because he's also, he's broken, broken records. I think uh, £3 million is a quarter of the, the total uh, charitable contribution that the uh, the Teenage Cancer Trust requires. It's the, their biggest ever donation. I believe it's the biggest quantity raised on just giving. I mean, what do you make of all of this? Uh, I actually get very emotional, Chris, because even though I, I didn't remember him, uh, about three, four years ago, as a speaker, professional speaker, I went into Stephen's school when he was a student and I met him, but it didn't click. Um, years later, once he'd been diagnosed, people kept saying, you ought to speak to this guy. And then Stephen said, I- I've met you before. And he told me I nearly fell through the floor and I was so humbled by his story. And what he has achieved is the epitome of somebody with a purpose that is bigger than their fear of failure. Because most of us are putting off and procrastinating on making a difference or fundraising or giving to charity until the time is right. And Stephen's metaphor of you've got all the time in the world but no motivation and I've got all the motivation in the world but no time is fantastic and a lesson to us all. It should make all of our excuses seem pitiful by his example because what he has achieved in less than a year is epic. It is absolutely phenomenal. And it's easy, too easy for any of us to say, oh, well, it's okay for him, or oh, I'll wait. Why? We're making an excuse. It's too easy to say, I can't because. We should start saying, how can I, or I must. I guess also, David, you know, we, we're also making a big assumption, aren't we? We're making an assumption that we are going to live a long time. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, it, it's, it is, it's sad that we, we do this. It's sad that we do this. But anything can happen to any of us. And so why, why are we waiting? What are we waiting for? Are we waiting for approval, circumstances to be right? Well, who can honestly look themselves in the mirror and say, oh, life has been perfect at one stage. There's always trials and tribulations to deal with. So the time will never be perfect unless you make it so. Yeah, we've, yeah. we've got to start taking action. And it's, and it's about doing the things that you want to. Stephen calls it a bucket list after the movie. It doesn't matter whether it's a business bucket list, a personal bucket list. If it's a charity, a cause, a foundation, a trust that you support or indeed one you want to set up. I think it's critical that you identify what it is you want to achieve. You put a plan and then you implement that plan. Start taking action. And the the irony is, Chris, is that your business will become more successful as a result of doing that. Yeah. I would say with my, my little, uh, 
area of expertise around kind of getting getting things done is you know once you've set that that uh, that goal or that intention, you put in place a strategy to make sure that you can't wiggle out of it, uh, to make sure that your purpose is bigger than as you described there, David, the fear of failure. Um, Indeed, I mean most most people. Sorry to interrupt, Chris, but you know the it prompts me to say to say a really critical point, which is most people have got a fear of failure that is bigger than their purpose, and yet if you speak to anybody that has a sense of purpose bigger than their failure, they will be achieving. Speak to anyone who started a cause or a foundation, or if you look in the eyes of Stephen Sutton and challenge him and say, "Oh, but what if this goes wrong?" He'll just say. Come on then, let's do this. Because his 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 desire to make something happen was bigger than his fear of what might happen if he doesn't do it. Yeah. Does that give? So let's explore this one. I've got two minutes left before we may have to talk about it after the break as well. But you know, does giving make good commercial sense, or is it more about your personal journey, or uh, for some people, good public it's- relations? It's, it's absolutely both. It's brilliant for you personally because it motivates you and inspires you. And more importantly, it satisfies you at your core because you most people, not everybody, but most people want to make a difference, but they put it off. And so they're not as happy or satisfied as they could be. Those people who take action and start making a difference, despite how busy they are with their work, are more motivated because they're happier. Yeah. Yeah. And, and after the break, I can give you a couple of great examples of how that's happened. Excellent. That, that, sounds, that sounds really good. So we'll be back again in just a couple of minutes and uh, looking forward to hearing those examples, David. Great. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. 
If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with David Heiner. We're talking about good businesses, give. And David, before the break, we were just exploring the, the concept about you know, giving, making good commercial sense. And you've got some good examples for us. So do you want to share? Yeah, a couple of examples. One was a client of mine. I don't do a lot of one-to-one stuff, but he was a one-to-one client. I was coach stroke mentoring him. He was, by any measurement, a successful entrepreneur and businessman. He made and fitted luxury kitchens that started at about 40,000 and went up to about a quarter of a million pounds. And that's just for a kitchen. And uh, he, he was very successful. And he was very generous with his money. He gave a lot to charity. But when I challenged him on, you know, so why why do you give to charity? And he was honest enough to say, because it makes me feel good. It's the right thing to do. And I said, but do you know what it's being spent on? And he went, well, no. I said, so you just trust somebody with that money that they'll be doing the right thing with it? And he went, yeah. So I said, look into it. And he was horrified when he looked into it, Chris, at how little of the money he raised was actually being spent on what he hoped it would be. So I challenged him to find a cause that he was passionate about. But he said, oh, I can't afford the time at the moment. My business is not as good as it should be, which by our standards, it's still doing very well. But by his measurements, it was slipping. But in the end, I, I more or less forced his arm. And he went back to a very rural village from the country from where his family originated from, And he saw things and experienced things that humbled him to his core. And he came back, and the next time I saw him, he had a glint in his eye, Chris. And it was was a glint of certainty, confidence, and conviction. And he just said, I now know why I have to make money. And in a pit of a recession that we've been through in the last seven years... He, when everyone else in his industries, their business is going off the edge of a cliff, he's as rocketed. Why? Because now he knows why he must make money. It's no longer just about a bank balance. It's about having a purpose, and he knows what he's doing with his money. Um, another great example was of, a, of another, another business friend of mine who I, I, I don't coach him, but he's a, he's a good friend, and he, he believed that he's, he was okay with his family. He took him a little bit for granted by his measurement, not mine, and he was very good at his work. However, he had a major issue at his work and his business collapsed. Since then, he realized what friendship and family really mean. And he's now got a purpose around everything is around making good the family. As a result, his new business, it's only just started and it is flying and he's having people give him opportunities he never would have had before but he's putting his family first he's got a purpose a reason why and he knows why he's making his money now whereas before he was making money and didn't have a clue what he was doing with it so it's about being giving yourself that motivation and that satisfaction and that that foundation and core of certainty confidence and conviction by helping others now rather than waiting. Yeah. yeah, He believed he was making money so that he could then treat his children. If he'd have asked his children, they'd have said, Dad, we want to spend the weekend with you. Yeah. yeah. You know, it doesn't always, it's not always about charity. Sometimes it's just about doing the right thing. It's kind of amazing, isn't it, how you know, a lot of people, it's maybe built in our sort of human psyche, we can 
try and work hard to make make money, and then actually when we when we've got it, fritter it away. Yeah, you know, put so much energy in, and people get so concerned about you know the the next pay rise and someone else having earning a bit more than them, and uh, maybe moving to a company for a bit more and a bit more, and so they end up with a bigger house, fill it with more stuff, but aren't necessarily happier. More stuff. That's it. <laughs> at, the, at the end of that, how much dead animal coil being assessed by whoever, whatever, is greater than ever, or indeed family in funeral? Uh, David, if, you just, just broke it up there. I just missed that bit. I don't know if you could repeat that for us. Certainly. I was just saying that at the end of our days, when we shed our mortal coil, when a eulogy is being said about us by our friends and family, if we were to look on a return on the investment we have made into life, into the world, will anybody talk much about our business? Now, don't get me wrong, business enables us to make a difference. But how many people have ever done, am I getting a return on my investment of life? How much time are we investing in creating something that, yes, it excites us, we need it, we want it. And it is important. Don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking money, I'm not knocking business. I'm a great fan of money and I'm a great fan of business, good business in particular. But if we're not doing things by that satisfy our soul and our core, we're not getting a return on the investment of this very short time. And as you already identified, Chris, we don't know how long that timeline is. We're not giving ourselves a return on investment. Why wait? We need to start there. What I liked about what you said a little bit earlier on <clears throat> some of your examples is what you know, the idea of, of giving and giving to others and, and we should... Uh, and some of that maybe to, to charity was actually powering uh, the motivation and it was yes. running alongside because what some people might think is actually <clears throat> doing some of these, you know, these tasks and some of the things you've described for charity, uh, uh, for example, they could, you know, could be seen as a distraction that are taking away from the main tasks at hand of running a business. Let me ask you, Chris, do you have any hobbies or interests? I, I do. I do. Other, than, other than being an awesome rock guitarist. <laughs> I do. Um, What's that? Well, hobbies and in other other hobbies. Yeah, um, besides self development and all that kind of thing. Yeah, I'll give you an example um, of of one of my hobbies is that I've just started doing a little bit more regularly, Mm -hmm. and the reason for that is that my son is turning eight tomorrow. So happy birthday to Matthew! Um, Matthew's now old enough for me to take him fly fishing for trout. Right. So I did go over and fly fish last weekend with a friend, with, with friend uh, John Kramer, who you know as well. Um, yeah. I took my son this week fly fishing throughout uh, on, on Tuesday evening for the first time on a boat, and he absolutely loved it. And he hooked his first three-pound trout, and, and a lady came along and gave him a big box of flies as a gift, and he was in his absolute element and said, Daddy, I love this. I love this, and uh, I love sitting on the boat. I love seeing all the birds and seeing the fish. And can we go again tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> the, re- the reason I ask that, Chris, because you were probably blissfully unaware of the change in your tonality. Mm. You know, it fulfilled you making doing that and making that happen. And yet, how many of us think, could I run a business doing the thing I love the most? Now, 
when we say making a difference and giving, it might be giving to ourselves. It might be making a difference to ourselves and our families. For example, a chief executive, I speak a lot to chief executive groups all over the place, and, and there was a very successful entrepreneur who, who said, the only reason I <coughs> this business is so that I can spend more time fishing. And I said, well, why don't you do what the top achievers I've interviewed would say, which is start a business connected with fishing. Yes. And he immediately went into what most of us would do. Well, that's silly. I can't because I've got another business, family commitments. I would want to do it in Spain and I live in England and yada, yada. He just, he may as well have just sit there going, (laughs) making all the rubbish excuses. And then the peer group around the table, I didn't do this. They all went, whoa, 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 whoa. What if you could? And they brainstormed it. And he, this guy ended up starting a business in Spain doing fishing, and it's doing very well. Now, Great. he has got a business fulfilling his passion. And all he did was look into it. Most people don't bother. So that's, that's my challenge. Chris, fly fishing is it's the it's way forward. <laughs> fly fishing or guitars. Yeah, or sell it, selling, selling signed guitars by rock gods or something. But the, the, every single one of us could find a business connected to the thing we are most passionate about. And that doesn't mean to say we'll make it a success because just because you're passionate about it doesn't mean to say you're a good businessman or woman. It just means you're passionate about it. But you're more likely to love your business. You're more likely to be passionate about getting up an hour earlier to go to work or doing the tax return or doing whatever it connected because the work fills you with awe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I interviewed the, the uh, president of PRS guitars last year. And you know, for me, that was just you know, this, this actually this radio show enables me to, you know, to fulfill some of my, my passion and other passions for things like music and sport and that sort of thing. It gives me a window into it really. Um, but uh, interviewing, POS guitars when I play one and, and I love my guitar and getting getting to the root of the history behind all of that made was a was a, a bit of a dream come true really and I'm still in touch with them which is which is great. Wow. Uh, so what, just interesting now let's let's just get into the different ways David of giving <laughs> through a business because we've we've had some great conversation and you know, we've alluded to charity but we've alluded to family we've alluded to a uh, you know following your purpose and your passion but what are the different ways of giving to a business that you have uh, come across? Wow, okay, this, this could be an hour call all by itself, Chris, but it, I'll try and be brief and give a few very diverse examples. Depending where you are in the world, it can be very tax efficient just to give tax out of your profits. Uh, speak to your bookkeeper, your accountant um, about that. It can be very tax efficient to be a giving business. Other ways I've seen businesses make a difference is through corporate social responsibility. They maybe don't give cash, but they will give some staff some time to go and work in the community or fulfill their passion and their dream. For example, there's a, there's a surfing um, business, and I think it's either in South America or on the east coast of America, where they do not work Friday afternoons. It doesn't matter what happens, they shut it and go surfing. Mm. they have zero staff attrition and no staff leave. <laughs> Who would want to leave a job where you can go and do the thing you're most passionate about and get paid for it? Yeah. it you know, it's, it's looting teams. Then, then there are other things you can do in terms of you don't have to give money. You could organize an event 
Or you could put money, if your company has a charitable trust fund, there's a wonderful business. Um, they deal with self-storage. They're a fair-sized company down, down in the south of Britain. And they have a trust fund, but they don't give money to charity. What they do is they sponsor the cost of charity events. So... What they do is they say, if you want to do a big event, as long as we do the figures, and we'll even help you organize and manage the event, but as long as we think it stacks up, we will cover the costs of the event so that you make money. Right. Now, so that's something else a company can do. So they can put the costs of an event through their business, tax efficient, but they are making a massive difference on the penny or the pound or the cents in the dollar that that charity or organization receives. Have, have I made sense there? Yes, you have, yes. yes. Um, so they made a business model actually around, yeah. around that giving and, and then their brand gets out there. And then there's giving in terms of your own skill set or time or expertise. Where many of us have seen the film with Robin Williams about Patch Adams, the, the doctor who just gave up his own time to go and make children on the cancer wards laugh. And then he started a whole institute around laughter therapy. That's what made him successful. But he started by giving his time. If people say, oh, I can't afford to give money, I, I can't afford to give money, yeah, well, go and walk a dog for the local dog's home. They're desperate for dog walkers. Make a difference. If you've got nothing but an hour of your time, give that hour and go and sit with an old person and listen to them rather than talk to them. There are always things we can do to make a difference that will help other people or make us feel better. It's a lovely example. A few weeks ago, David on the show had a, a gentleman, David Simon Steenholm from Copenhagen. And Simon had <clears throat> done many interesting things, but one thing... That was fascinating. He'd set up some laughter clubs, and his yeah. most famous laughter club, 30,000 people turned up to in the centre of Copenhagen, and it was covered by CNN. And, <laughs> and I said to him, yes, you know, Simon, you know, did, it, did, did that make good commercial sense, doing all those sorts of things for free? And he said, well, I did get, then get asked to speak in, I think he said, 45 countries. Boom. <laughs> About what I did. So, <laughs> Boom. <laughs> so, Yes. And that's another return on investment. You know, the PR that a company gets by doing good, it almost guarantees press coverage. And then the workforce and the boss is happier and more motivated as a result. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, there, is, there is no end to the return on investments of time and money for a business of making a difference and giving. It's not always about giving cash. But then, but then I'd also be very wary about how you gave cash. But maybe we can cover that later if there's time. Yes. Well, this, this radio show is, 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 is what, what I what I do, and one of the ways I I do that, you know, I fund the show. Um, I don't get paid for doing this, um, and I you know I give I give it as a gift to my guests uh, to people out there. But I would say that you know after three years of doing this, in the last year I have seen considerable value and, and, and return on investment from doing it. Well, I, th I think it's really important, that, and, and, this, and I hope you take this as it's intended, which is nothing but sincere. You know, very few people realise the time involved in organising a radio show like this and the effort that you put in other than the hour on air and the people behind the desk there, you know, over at Voice America Business Channel, you know, the, 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 the time it takes. That, that is incredible investment, and it should be 
appreciated. Yeah, yes. Yes, it's, it's lo- lovely when it is. It really is. So I appreciate if people are listening to this. You know, when people do drop me a note and say they've enjoyed a show, and you know, those those little notes make all the difference. <clears throat> they really do. Checks made payable to Chris. <laughs> And those help as well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. CC1 Consulting Limited. <laughs> we'll go through the bank then. <laughs> so, so what is the best way of going about finding charities? We've got three minutes left to support because you did mention earlier on that, and I've experienced it too with money not going where I hoped it might go when I've given some. What's the best way of going about finding charities that are good to support? Right. No, number one is do your research. If you have a cause or an organization, a charity, a foundation that you want to give money or time to, just do some digging. Look at their books. They should make them freely available to you and find out how much of the cent in your dollar or the penny in your pound is going to be given to the cause and you know, um, the, the the solution that you want it to be. So, for example, whether it be cancer research or leukemia or kids' cancer care or whether it's the local dog's home or regardless of the charity, how much of that money is being spent? And what you can do is actually before I before I tell you this, first thing is first thing is do your research on the charities. Second thing is work with something that you're passionate about. Work with things that evoke you emotively to want to make a difference, give you that drive, that sense of purpose that gives you the confidence and the conviction to push through your fears to make a difference and raise money for them. Uh, Then, once you've done your research on the company and you know that the charity or the organisation, you know that it's going to make a difference, is to um, get actively involved in it if you can. Because it's only when you immerse yourself in the reality of what happens in the charity that you really become motivated. I heard, a, I heard an institute for cancer research um, senior oncologist at the Institute for Cancer Studies tell us what this one piece of equipment could do. And that motivated more than anything to buy that piece of equipment and raise enough so he could buy it. Whereas if I'd have just given the money over, it would have just been money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, excellent. Well, we're going to go to commercial break again, and after the break, we're going to come back with some more, uh, more uh, talking with David about uh, you know when it's a good time to start doing this kind of thing in the cycle of your business, etc., and where you should focus attention and various other um, key questions that we should learn the answers to. So we'll be back with you again in just another couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One to one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Do you, like most Americans, spend the majority of your life at work? Are you making it the joy that it deserves to be, or are you feeling drained and unfocused? Tune in to A Great Place to Work with hosts Kirk Kaufman and Dr. Kathy Sorensen. 
Your hosts have more than 30 years of experience in workplace consulting and are ready to bring you the secrets and success stories of businesses who are making their business a great place to work. Listen every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy a better workplace and a better life. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with David Heiner. We're talking about good businesses give. And uh, uh, David, I want to just ask you now, when, in your opinion, is it a good time to start to do this in the life cycle of a business? For example, if your business is small, income is a struggle, is it better to do it now or leave it till later? Uh, as a business advisor, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be very good if I didn't say focus on your business. But what if your business had a reason to succeed rather than you want a successful business? What if you were to intrinsically link making a difference to the profits of your business? Some really, really successful businesses set up with a view to when we reach X turnover, we'll give X to charity. When we reach Y turnover, we'll give Y to charity. When we reach Z, we'll just go bananas. Um, Or some people say they give a penny in the pound or a cent in the dollar for every single bit of turnover. But that's all very well and good. That's something pragmatic, financial, and very, very cool to do. But make sure the team and the staff and anyone who works in your business buys into the cause because then that money will double, quadrupled. So it's important to buy into it empathetically and it's an emotional level. But you you can do things right from the off. Even as a micro business, you can say, for every pound or dollar I make, I will give a cent or a penny to X cause, X charity. You can, you can see that, couldn't you, with the Steve, Stephen Sutton campaign people just really really bought into that course and and they flew yeah yeah absolutely and and you can you can even give um straight away if you're a coach a trainer a speaker a consultant you might say well no i need every penny for myself okay so give you time for example um i still do this a lot chris but if i speak for a leadership group And if I'm there in the afternoon or the evening after my talk, I will say to the group leader, if one of your businesses, if one of your group members have got a child at a local high school, college or university, if you arrange it, I will go and speak in the afternoon or the evening after I've done your workshop at no charge to the school, college or university in your name. So you're making a difference to young people. It's no cost to you. 
other than a bit of time, and it makes your customer look brilliant. So does your customer like you for that? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Is it, is it better to um, support, in your opinion, you know, a local charity or give to a national or international charity? Um, I'm sure everyone's got their own opinion on it. I don't know. I don't care whether it's local, national or international. What I care about is that it means something to you. And then if go and get an experience of that charity. I don't know if in America they have the secret millionaire. I'm sure they probably do where multimillionaire entrepreneurs are taken out of their existence for a week and put in, um, a, a situation of poverty and are asked to go and do voluntary work at local charities and determine which ones they want to give some money to. And it humbles. I've, I've met and interviewed or have become friends with a couple of them uh, who have done that. And without exception, they all say truly humbling experience. Now what's stopping metaphorically us doing something like that without the, t- without the camera crew, just go and get involved in a charity. That way you will very quickly find out if it's one you want to support or not. So I've got a local one with a, my own son. He has severe autism and he goes to a special needs adventure respite playground center. And I will bend over. I'll walk through brick walls. I'll walk through fire to help raise them money. And that's local. But then the other charity I'm passionate about are some friends of mine who started a charity in Africa. They started a, vi- a village charity um, out on the west coast of Gambia. And they're doing it in such a cool way that they are making global and international aid charities look humble by the way they are working because they're doing it with such massive integrity. And I've taken groups out to Africa, I think, three or four times now, and I'm going to do one again in 2015 if anybody wants to come. And um, <laughs> and and you can you can make a difference that way because you've bought in emotionally to it, so it makes you want to make a difference. You, so okay. instead of going, I can't because or I'll wait, you go, I've got to and I've got to do it now. Excellent. Uh, yeah, if you want to give give it a plug, what is it? Well, there's a, there's which what which one? Sorry, the charity in, in Gambia. The, the charity is called Wise W Y C E, and if you search for W Y C E Gambia, you'll find them. And it's an incredible project where not all, but some international charities, for example, they'll build a well or a school. They'll go away thinking they've made a difference, but the problem is that by doing that. Five years down the line, when something needs servicing, maintaining, repairing, or a teacher leaves or the well breaks, the villagers haven't been trained to service or maintain, repair, so they're worse off because they've got a well in the village, but they've still got to now go and walk three or four miles for water. Or if the teacher leaves, they've got a building, but nobody to teach in it. So these these couple very quickly realised that it was about longevity and sustainability. So they stayed in a village and are developing the whole village from nursery right up to teenage training and adult care. It, it is remarkable what they've done. Wow, so they live there, do they? No, they don't. They don't live there. No, it's uh, it's it's not really it's not really advisable because the danger is is that. By getting too involved, we try and turn them into a Western society. And that's that's not what it should be about. It should be trying to turn them into better Africans. Yeah. It's about making them stand on their own two feet. So they, apart from one couple who oversee the whole project in the village, all of the team on the ground in the village are villagers. It's remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. 
Fantastic. And, and when you go there, what do you do? You can do anything related to your own skill set or jobs that you want to do, anything from building, environmental projects, census projects, administration, computing, training. You can work in the health centre, the nursery school, the primary school, teach teenagers or the management team skill sets or absolutely anything from building to nursing. There's something for everybody there. Brilliant. Basically, if you can push a wheelbarrow, you can, you, there's a job. <laughs> <laughs> and this, this seems to be... You know, it, it's interesting that we, we can give chunks of money to appeals and things like that, but you don't really know where your money's going, do you? Something like that, you could, I guess, have more chance of seeing it. I remember giving a, you, you know, being really moved by the tsunami that occurred in <clears throat> in, in Bali and uh, and in Indonesia and that part of the world uh, a number of years ago, partly because I'd just come back from Sri Lanka uh, for my honeymoon, actually, and it happened a couple of months later. Yeah, um, but also I'd, I'd been to Thailand and to some of the places that were badly hit. And I remember giving a really healthy sum to an appeal there. And then I found out about a year later that there were still, or two years maybe, there were still large quantities of money just sitting in a bank account, not not being spent. And the good feeling of giving just sort of disappeared at that point, really. And it's not true in all cases, but a lot of the very very large charities um, do get tend to get wrapped up and stumble and fall over themselves with red tape and bureaucracy. Um, uh, and, and, and just going off, off kilter slightly, but it's just popped into my head. So I hope you don't mind me saying it is, is that if ever, if anyone thinks, no, it's about the money, I must make money in my business. It's about the business. If you look at virtually every, virtually any truly multi-millionaire billionaire, they reach a point where they try to give it all away. Yeah. Um, you know, Bill Gates is reasonably modest about what he's done with his money, but he gave Rotary and Roundtable such a vast sum of money that in a heartbeat, Rotary, because they're a doing organisation, he didn't give it to a charity. He gave it to a group of people who will make something happen on the ground. And Rotary, in all but, I think, two countries, have eradicated polio. Now, if that's not making a difference, you know what, Bill Gates, if I could look you in the eye, pal, right now, well done, pal, nice one, good work, that's making a difference. Certainly is. <laughs> now, <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder how much more money he'd have made if when he started Microsoft, he'd have said, right, for every dollar we make, 10 cents is going to go towards stopping malaria. I wonder what the world would be like today. Yeah. But the problem is, is that people get wrapped up in the doing rather than the making a difference. Yes. So how would you go about planning giving into your business strategy? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, in terms, in terms of a strategy, I would, I would embed it within the people you work with. And if you're a sole trader, if you work by yourself, make sure you get family and friends on board so that they understand and appreciate why you're doing what you do. If you've got a small team or a large team, make sure that they get involved in the decision-making process because we've all heard the expression, you've got to win hearts and minds. If a team is bought into, we've got to help this project, it will happen. Um, I'm, I'm working through um, a mutual friend of ours, Chris, through Phil Jessen. I'm working with a company at the moment, very large company called Lafarge, who um, they are so passionate and they are so purpose-driven about doing a project for a charity 
um, for, to help a rugby player who um, got crippled in a game of rugby and was confined to a wheelchair and now he wants to make a difference to other people who have been injured whilst playing sports. And they are so driven. I've never met people like them. They're unstoppable. But that's because they've all bought into it. They all went and got involved emotively in the charity and now they've seen what they've got to do and they're unstoppable. Fantastic. You mentioned to me, kind of off the record, we were planning this and I might be being a bit cheeky asking you right now, but I'm going to anyway. Uh, you mentioned to me that you've been ridiculed a bit in the past for the amount of things you've given away through your business. And I just think that's a really interesting thing just to explore before we leave because you know we can be quite affected, obviously, by what other people say. And I wonder what you have to say about this. Okay, uh, there are there are two two stances on this, Chris. And yeah, it, it's not it's not it's not nice to talk about, but yeah, some some people will say, oh, but you could be making so much more money in your business if you did just business. I would say, well, what if by giving stuff away you made more money? So, for example, I charge a high fee for what I do. But then I've got lots of information product that I give to customers that other speakers try and sell to customers. Now, what happens is when I give that to customers after I've spoken, they go, really? What remarkable value. And they keep coming back for more. So I keep earning high fees from them, but I give them some content rather than just try and charge them for every single thing that I do. So that's that's one way of how I give regardless of what people think the the other thing is is that certain people might suggest that you should focus on the most profitable work rather than do stuff for less value but what if that work of less value makes a difference for example as you know chris i speak a lot in schools and when i first started some of my fellow speakers said david no you should go for the corporate market but do you know what years down the line chris I speak in schools. Do I earn as much as the corporate sector? No. But years down the line, I've got young people who send me emails, sometimes sometimes every week I get them, from people who've become sporting champions, Amazon number one authors, entrepreneurs, millionaires, come off drugs, um, won awards, become musical virtuosos, including one young lad who, using our techniques, became the youngest ever captain in the Merchant Navy and sent me a photograph of him on the bridge of his ship in the Adriatic Sea. Now, you know what? Making a difference, I'll have that every day of the week above a paycheck. Thank you very much indeed. And go to a grave with a smile on me, Mush. Well done, well done. Brilliant. Uh, we've got about a minute left before I need to finish. What final message would you like to leave us with? Start now. Just do do something, find something, get passionate about it, make sure it fills you with with love, with confidence, certainty and conviction and make a start. Make a start making a difference. You and your business will never regret it. Wise words, David, and, uh, and I've loved interviewing you today. So thank you very much for joining me again on the show. And uh, for more information on David Heiner, go to www.stretchdevelopment.com. Com. And uh, for next week's show, we have uh, Leslie Hunter. And Leslie's going to talk with us about um, leadership, but also linked to the fact that she's um, she, she loves dogs. Um, she's written a book about being the pack leader. And, uh, and she tells me there's lots and lots of things we can learn uh, about our leadership style and the way we be- behave from our relationships 
with our dogs. So it's going to be quite an interesting show next week. Uh, David, once again, many thanks. Truly my pleasure, Chris. Thank you. And uh, wish you well and uh, have a great bank holiday. And everybody um, have another good week. And I look forward to speaking to you again. And please send your emails if you've enjoyed the show or if you've got any feedback. We'd love to hear them. Thank you for listening to Be More, Achieve More. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, typically 4 p.m. London on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.